When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robbie Makloff here with comedian Paul Mercurio. You might have seen him on the uh, Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He also has his own podcast, and uh, paulmercurio.com is where you can find all his work. The Paul Mercurio Show is the podcast and a one-man show, Paul, that, first yeah. of all, welcome to Minnesota, yeah. and you'll be at the House of Comedy out at the Mall of America this weekend. Folks can uh, check out houseofcomedy.com and get tickets there. But your one-man show was uh, just nominated for an award, man. That's amazing. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Just, my wife's still not sleeping with me, so that didn't help. <laughs> I thought that would be. She started kissing me and hugging me, and I'm like, hey. She goes, no, nah, I got the dog. I can't. The dog is <laughs> And we have a dog that has a weak sphincter. <laughs> we adopted a dog with a weak sp- I swear to God. You, did you know this when no, you got him? No. Oh, okay. No, it looks like a nursing home in my apartment. There's these pee pads everywhere. I swear to God. It starts to – it smells like desitin. It's like – no, and because the dog's got to – like the way – I don't know. This so, so, like, I can't yell. I'm Italian. I yell, okay? You mean you can't yell? Because if you... I yell, the dog gets ex- nervous and then has a little pee moment. <laughs> yeah, you laugh. Come to my house and you're going to clean for me. And the dog finds me annoying. What do you mean he, fi- he finds she, you whenever annoying? Whenever I walk into a room, the dog immediately gets up and walks into another room. I don't mean like after five minutes. Like I walk in and the dog looks at me like, oh, this a-hole again. And she walks into the other room. And then when I walk into that room, she looks at me like, really? I just got comfortable in here. You ha- this is my space. You have your space. And my wife's like, well, it's not she finds you annoying because your voice is annoying. I go, do I sound like a vacuum cleaner to you? I mean, this is my house, and it's not my house anymore. I don't know how we get off on that, but but uh, you didn't know this when you when you adopted no, the dog. You sold the false bill of goods. Well, wait, who's going to tell you? Like, it's like buying a car. Oh yeah, that needs brakes. They're not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dog's got a the, the it's sphincter shot. You got to have that put up on the lift and replaced. You got to get a new sphincter for your dog installed. Who tells you that? Nobody. I love, I love that I asked you about your one man show and you went into <laughs> yeah. your dog sphincter I, store. I don't really know. Oh, that. because we got the award, and then my wife hugged me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More worried about yeah. the dog wouldn't have sex with me. Uh, <laughs> it's just all about not having sex. Um, and That's what it all comes back exactly. to, really. Everything really comes back to that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing this one minute show. It's called Permission to Speak, and it's basically born out of my stand up. Because in my stand up, I like to talk to people in the audience, and I get these great stories from people. And I thought, and someone saw me doing it, like, this could be like a theater show where people come on stage and randomly just, I pick people out of the audience and they talk about their lives. It's not politically correct. You can say whatever you want. And, and it's a theater show. It's not a stand-up show. 
And people just tell these incredible stories. And it's on Broadway, right? It's on Broadway, yeah. yeah. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And like, so, did you ever think when you started doing stand-up comedy that you would end up on Broadway doing no, a one-man show? No, was this something no. that was ever set in your sights? No. Look at my act and that'll confirm it for you. <laughs> but, uh, it, no, it's just because it, it just – but I think it's – it's good in the sense that it was it's organic. It wasn't planned. It, it was born out of something that I really like to do. Sure. Like it's really you're a comedian. Some comedians can go on stage and go right into their act. That that feels unnatural for me. Mm-hmm. So I like to chat a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and I get these stories like I, this is from a comedy club, but uh, it could just as easily been on um, on on the uh, in the one man show. Uh, I had a couple, two lesbians on stage, mm-hmm. uh, nice women. I'm like, how did you meet? They go to a softball game. Everybody starts laughing, right? Predictable, right? And I go, uh, <laughs> I go, you're married? They go, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, they go, well, how did you come together? And they start snickering. So I know there's a story. The woman goes, well, I was married and then I met her at a softball game and we had an affair and I got divorced and they, they have kids from the marriage and, now, my wife and I live together in the house that I lived in with my husband, and we sleep in the same bed that he slept in with me, and he sleeps in the room down the hall. What? Exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> 300 people went, oh! <laughs> what? Yeah, and but they were the nicest, sweetest people. They were really cool. Was, was the just... husband, the ex-husband in the audience? No, he's not okay. allowed to All go right. out of the house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, and and that was from a stand-up show. And so, when I talk to people, it's not like crowd work where I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to talk to you about your hat," and then do jokes about a hat. Sure, yeah. Um, it's not insults. So, in the in the show, and what people see in my live show too is like, uh, and I do a lot of material in my act too, but uh, in the stand-up, but in the in the one-man show, like the stories I said to a woman, this is from the one-man show. All I said was, "What's your name?" Uh huh. Because I, th- I, a lot of people like want the moment to be able to s- talk about themselves. Sure. But if you give them that and they trust you and you're not going to compromise them, they'll give you the world. Right? Sure. Yeah. So I go, what's your name? She goes, Nidia. I go, Lydia? She goes, no, Nidia with an N. I go, oh, that's an unusual name. How'd you get the name? She goes, well, my father named me after his lover. I'm like, oh, okay. You, you were born out of wedlock. No big deal. That happens. Oh, she goes, no, no, no. My parents were married. And my mother was pregnant with me, and my father was having an affair, and named me after the woman he was having an affair with. I swear to God, I swear to God, like it's the same. It's like God is handing you these people and these it's, stories. It's, it's that's amazing. It's another, the guy comes on stage, and he's a middle-aged guy, and he kind of he's like a New York kind of a guy. And I go, uh, so how are you? He goes, oh, I'm great. He goes, <laughs> so I know something's like going it, right. Right. Uh, he goes. Uh, 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 he goes. I'm great. My uh, my wife is having an affair with a fat clergyman in Liechtenstein, and, <laughs> and everybody starts laughing. And I think he's trying to do a joke. Like yeah, it that, sounds like a guy walks into a bar joke. It sounds like the setup. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like the setup. And he goes. Uh, he goes. Uh, he go, and I go. Look, just don't do jokes because it doesn't work when the person tries to be funnier. Than right. Me, cause yeah. It's not really about being funny. The funny just happens. It's about real conversation. Mm-hmm. I go. Just be real. He goes. I'm being real. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he goes. Yeah. My wife and I. She's from Liechtenstein. We went there for a funeral. This clergyman did the funeral. They started struck up a conversation. She had to stay behind to take care of the estate and blah blah blah. And next thing I know, this fat septic tank is having sex with my wife. <laughs> and, I go, and he goes, and you want to know what? As the time went on, she likes to exercise. She got him to exercise. So not only is he stealing my wife from me, 
he looks a hell of a lot better. He's lost like 50 pounds. <laughs> because, because of me, he's hot now. And like you can't, like you can't, you can't make this no. stuff. You literally can't. You hear that expression all the time. You can't yeah. make this stuff up. But you literally cannot make this, this stuff guy, up. There's another woman, seventy. The other thing is a package. Like the outside never matches the inside. Like, right. You know. Like right. You see people and you think one thing, and and that's part of the theme of the show. Is like we're nameless and faceless to each other. And you know, if you get to know somebody, there's you see other things in them. So this woman goes on stage, seventy-five year old woman, but dressed like right off a of Fifth Avenue Rodeo Drive, like decked out beautiful clothes obviously money with her husband same age and i go oh you look like just to start just have fun i go you look like you drink martinis every day she's oh i drink martinis i i like uh i like uh you know margaritas and i uh i drop acid <laughs> okay yeah exactly <laughs> same reaction and i'm like what and i turn to the husband and all the husband does is nod his head and go once a week once a week yeah she wow goes, and she goes into this diatribe about the benefits of acid, everybody should do it. It opens your mind. It lets you realize that you can look at the world a different way. And then in the audience, I hear, you're damn straight. <laughs> and it's a 25-year-old kid who also drops acid. So I have them both on stage, a 25-year-old kid with no money and a 75-year-old rich woman talking about the benefits of acid. And I go, how did this happen? I said to the woman, she goes, well, you know, I was a wild child of the 60s. You know, I was living in California. Mm-hmm. I was 18, 19. I was couch surfing, you know, and taking an acid and trying this and trying that that's what you did he goes she goes then one day she goes i had an epiphany i go she said i told myself i should go out and buy a thousand tabs of acid i'm going to go down to mexico i'm going to turn everybody on to acid in mexico and improve their lives (laughs) okay right now the audience at this point is like leaning forward with their jaw open like oh my god this is this is the most incredible story and i go so what happened what happened she goes, well, I went down to Mexico. I go, you with the acid? She goes, yeah, I had the acid. I go, what happened? She goes, well, I looked around and I realized before they need acid, they need clean water and food. <laughs> <laughs> I, so they didn't really want it. I go, what'd you do with the acid? She goes, I took it. What do you think? <laughs> so it's just been like stories, funny, bizarre, like all of Asian woman. How are you? I'm fine. I cry during sex. <laughs> That was that was literally the first thing out of her mouth. She was waiting to tell someone I that. So. She was definitely waiting to say that to someone. And then, she, and then she, I go, why do you cry? She goes, oh, I don't know. I get in the middle of it and I like it and I don't feel like I should like it. And then all of a sudden I'm on top of a guy and it's like. <laughs> and I go, that's going to really kill his, you know what? She goes, I don't know. And I can't hear it. Then I went, run out of the room and I go, are you alone? She goes, of course I'm alone. <laughs> So it's just been insane. It's, it's, so, that's amazing. Yeah. So well, congrats on the uh, on thanks, the nomination, man. man. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, if well, anybody's well, ever, if anybody's in New York in the near future, I'm sure yeah. that they can they can Permission get tickets. To speak. But it, it, but you'll get a taste of it in my show. I'm at the House of Comedy, as you mentioned. Awesome. And uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, and uh, there'll be people I'll talk to, and sure enough, there'll be somebody with some story, and uh, and you know, there's obviously material and stuff too. I do. I always like to ask when I when I get a chance to interview a comedian, yeah. and I've seen you on on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and hilarious. Thanks. If anybody can get to House of Comedy this weekend, I, I highly recommend it. But uh, I always like to ask, how did you get into comedy? What what started it uh, for well, you? This was like a little bit of an unusual i was a lawyer an investment banker on wall street i was doing m&a deals really yeah i was so you were making money yeah and I then was. decided to do comedy yeah, exactly. okay. <laughs> i'm like you know what this comfort is too nice i really want to just eat ramen noodles the rest of my life and watch porn during the day and i don't come from money just to be clear i'm like a blue collar sure. Italian family yeah 
You know, my father put floors in for a living, and uh, but not that Italian family where like you have plastic on the furniture all the time. <laughs> you know that it's a very ethnic thing. Like, it what's is. your ethnicity? I'm uh, Arab. I'm Palestinian. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think it's like I think you know, I did I have an Latino. aunt. I did have right. an aunt with the 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 plastic covered couch for yeah. sure. It's yeah. a very like Latinos or Armenians. Like so, and it, for those of you who don't know, there's that one room you go in only at, like Christmas and Easter, right? And there's plastic on the furniture, and it's like the middle of winter, and you sit in it, and within three minutes you're sitting in a pool of your own sweat in <laughs> December with like two degree weather. And there's a picture of the Pope, Jesus, and Frank Sinatra on the wall. <laughs> and the Frank Sinatra picture is like three times the size of the Pope and the Jesus picture. Of course. Right. Yeah. But our house was the opposite. Like, I believe in stereotypes. And this is some of the stuff I talk about in my show. Like, I, I think stereotypes are good. I don't think we should be all the same, you know? Right. And, and so, but in this case, the stereotype of that didn't apply to our house because we had a furniture store growing up, and that's all we did was work in the store. So the house was a mess. This is how bad the house was. It yeah. was a it was a mess. <laughs> someone I was in high school, and I had run out to get a sandwich, and someone broke into the house, and they took the stereo like the first thing they saw because they didn't have time to look around. Right, they were in and they were out. So a cop comes over to take a police report, and he stands in the middle of the living room, and he looks around and he goes, "Oh my god, this animal really ransacked the place." <laughs> And I just played along. I'm like, yeah, he, he left salami out all day. He threw a bra on the lampshade. You're Palestinian? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. I wanted to talk to you. What about just this. happened? What just happened? So are we I'm still watching, good? I'm watching a fight on the Ga- in the Gaza Strip. The Jews are throwing rocks at the Palestinians, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, this is when you realize things are too normal in your life. They had a shot. Like, so there's tear gas and rocks and a couple of bullets you hear. And then you, there's a shot of a guy with an ice cream truck <laughs> selling ice cream in the middle of a fight on the Gaza Strip. I'm like, is this how normal it is for these people now? Yeah. I won't like, go there. My parents my parents want to, like, take a family trip back to the motherland, oh. to the homeland. I will not. I'm not. First of all, I'm terrified to fly, and I'm even more terrified yeah. of what's going to happen when we land. Yeah. Like, no thank you. That you is know, not. When I throw a rock at my enemy, I got a hankering for a snow cone. Like, I literally, there were kids buying uh, snow cones and, like, ice cream sandwiches. You have an ice cream sandwich? I I swear to God. (laughs) And the guy's smiling. Like, you know, like the silver aluminum cart with wheels that you push. Did he have armor on the truck? No, he was happy as a lark. It was like every day. I was looking looking for a cotton candy machine. Like, I had, like, a merry-go-round. Hey, man, people need ice cream. But, yeah, I know. Jesus. Like, boy, you you know, the only way you change something is if you dislike it. Right. You you obviously don't dislike it if you're having ice cream. Not enough. Like, what do you do, like, with the Jews? You go, all right, just five minutes, ice cream break. Uh, everybody, ice cream break. Oh, yes, ice cream, ice cream. And then you all run and get ice cream, and then go, back. I feel oh, like, 10 minutes, throw rocks again. I feel like that is something that we can all agree on. Like, if there's anything that can stop the fighting for just five minutes, like, everybody loves ice cream, exactly. right? Like, I mean, just put down the rocks right. and the guns. But what if you get a guy that really likes, like, strawberry ice cream, and the guy doesn't have it, and he flips out and starts throwing rocks again? I love strawberry. You never have it. And boom, and it starts right up again. 
That's true. The one thing that brings people together is ice cream. It's true. Yeah. Like ice cream and and sex. That's it. Because, like, remember you'd play, like, baseball and stuff, whatever, in the street. And and the truck would come. And and the truck. I ever take a break. Let's go get. I'm going to go home and get lunch. We'll just pick it up. I got in a fight one time in my neighborhood, and I fought for, like, two hours. This guy, Billy Leo, we just, you know, run around punching each other, punching each other. And then it was, like, dinner time. It was like, ah, our mothers would call you, like, come on, come. Like, oh, I got to go to dinner. We'll pick this up in an hour. So I went home for dinner, and then we came back and finished the fight <laughs> oh god it's the italian way uh, again but it was food right exactly. it was food it was that food. stopped it food, brings together. food will stop a fight yeah look at the last supper <laughs> that had to be tense huh what do you how do you chit chat at the last supper what are you gonna talk actually about? that kind of started a really long fight that yeah. was, that, that meal started <laughs> yeah. that was like that was the pre the prelogue to a very How very long bad fight. Be an awkward though, like you're sitting down and you know Jesus is going to be crucified. There's nothing you could say that could take the take the tension the out. tension out of yeah. the room. Oh, right? This is some hummus, Jesus. Like, what are you going to say? I'd be like, Hey, Jesus, why are we sitting all on the same side of the table? Is it going to be a hit? What's going on? <laughs> Just so I'm clear, Jesus, this, this isn't the Last Supper for all of us, right? Because <laughs> I got a rock throwing thing to do in about an hour. My wife is expecting me He's back. Expecting <laughs> me Supposed to bring ice cream. Home. <laughs> So again, I this started by me asking how you got into oh, stand-up. No, it's yeah, fine. I love it. I'm all over the place. <laughs> it's great. So I was writing jokes as a hobby. I don't know why, but I always loved stand-up. And as a kid, I would always maybe do the same thing. Like I would like ask my parents to stay up late to watch stand-ups on the late shows. My uh, my like if I was good during the week, my parents would let me stay up to watch Johnny Carson's monologue yeah. on Friday, and like maybe the first half hour of Saturday Night Live on Saturday. Yeah. Like that was. One of the first rewards I remember yeah. my parents giving me. I remember me. like watching Rodney Dangerfield on the Tonight Show and then going into school and like doing some of his jokes in the locker room and people laughing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm writing these jokes and then uh, I get invited to this private function and Jay Leno's a private entertainment for this function that my law firm was part of or whatever. And he does a show and then I go up to him and I have like a stack of jokes, like – 12 pages of jokes. Really? And I look, I'm a fan of yours. He was hosting the Tonight Show at the time. Maybe use them on the show or your act, but you can have these. He goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I really threw me like, it was talking to, it was like he was trying to let helium out of his throat. He goes, okay. And uh, I go. So he took the jokes? He took the and I walk away. I gave him like 10 pages of jokes. And I did you have a copy of these? or you just I kept ha- the copy. Okay. I had it in a passworded file at my law firm so no one could get into the file. Okay. Alright. <clears throat> and um, and he goes, oh, wait, come back, come back. Um, he goes, uh, you might want to put your name and your phone number on here so I know how to read it. <laughs> Mr. Lawyer, big shot, right? <laughs> so a couple of days later, my phone rings. This is the person on the other end of the phone. Hey, it's Jay Leno. It's Paul Mercurio there. Are you kidding me? Right. Now, I thought it was my friend David who I told him at Jay Leno and he does impressions. It's not a comic, just like can do impressions a little bit. And I thought it was him and he was pranking me. So I go, oh, yeah, really funny, David. He goes, no, it's really Jay Leno. And then I, I go, yeah. He goes, no, it is. And then I actually said to Jay Leno, you do a lousy Jay Leno. <laughs> he goes, no, it's real. I go, you, it's the worst Jay Leno I've ever heard. He goes, I think I do a pretty good me. Um, so he said, I read your stuff. It's clean. I need stuff for the Tonight Show. I'll pay you uh, 50 bucks a joke if I use something. 
And then he goes, what do you do for a living? I go, I'm a lawyer. He goes, ah, I knew it. I go, why? He goes, you write like a lawyer. You're too wordy. <laughs> he goes, get to the joke already. I had like a paragraph to get to a punchline. And you're a comedian. You know, you got to give me tight. Like, right. I was even giving him like stage direction, like make funny face here. <laughs> he goes, I've been doing this a while. I know how to make a funny face. <laughs> and then about a week later, he called me. He said, I'm going to do one of your jokes on The Tonight Show. That's amazing. And I'm like, why are you calling me? You have like assistants. Because I like to talk to the comedians. But I've heard that about him. That he he he's yeah. very personal, yeah. like very personable. I should say he he does a lot of his own you business should, and makes his own yeah. phone calls. He's on my podcast. I did an episode with him. You should listen to it because it talks all about basically a lot about stand up and mm-hmm. how he started and his views of it and everything. You'd be really, I think you'd like it as a com- as a comedian. So he does the joke that night and it blows my head off my shoulders. So now I'm like obsessed with because I think what happened was there was that box. That I and you had watched, mm-hmm. and out of that box, the TV came these funny words right. that made people laugh. Right now, those words were mine, and people laughed, and it was that's insane. It hit like a creative nerve that I don't think being a lawyer really hits. Not right. that there's anything wrong with being a lawyer. I actually didn't hate it. It was just this was. So then I started to become obsessed with writing jokes at work or wherever I was. So I. You know, you have to go to a deal meeting. You have a notebook to take notes. I would bring two notebooks, and one was for the deal, and the other was for jokes. And I wasn't taking any, <laughs> any deal notes. I was just taking joke notes. And to the and I might one of my jobs was to recreate the minutes of the meeting, and I couldn't because I never paid attention. Oh wow! So I'd go back to my office, and I'd go to the other lawyers that were in the meeting. I go, so what happened? Go, they were you, were you were in the meeting. Why can't you? <laughs> And, Did um, any of them say, I saw you writing notes? Yeah, what were you doing? Yeah. Well, I had a thing. A thing. <laughs> and uh, and then I, I just became obsessed. And then I started doing stand-up uh, on my dinner breaks. I was living this like secret double life where I would go to dive bars and do open mic nights. That's and then, amazing. And then go back and work all night as a lawyer and then – and you know, so like, so how long were you moonlighting? How long were you doing at least, the, the at least two of a them? couple of years, two three really? years? Yeah, wow. Because I, I wasn't ready to give up that money, you know. Sure. Security. I had just started as a lawyer. I was young. Like, am I going to do this? Am I going <laughs> to throw this all away and whatever? And uh, and but then ultimately, I like I don't want to look back and regret it. So I'm like, I gotta think. I gotta I gotta go for it. So I did, and I unraveled my life. And this is I, this is a super long story that we don't have time for, but there's a lot to it. Next time I come on, if I, if you invite me back, I'll tell you more. I love you, man. This has been <laughs> but, great. Um, I sold my apartment in New York City. I bought an apartment with my then my girlfriend now my wife, and I'm like, because if I kept the apartment, it would have eaten through all of my savings. Sure, not there were there were a lot, but you know. And Leno gave me the best piece of advice. He goes, if you're going to do stand-up full-time, he goes, don't buy anything. I go, what do you mean? He goes, if you start buying stuff, then you need a job to pay for the stuff. And then you're not doing as much stand-up because you're working your job and you're tired. Just live like a pauper for a while so that you can just focus on doing stand-up and you don't have to worry about money. Right. So I moved to a rooming house in Queens, New York. For three hundred and twenty-seven dollars a month with your girlfriend, she did uh, this. No, with? Oh, I got okay. her. To, I got her to move to Boston. We're both from Rhode Island. Okay, so I got her to move to Boston because Boston's a good comedy town to start out in. <laughs> yeah, and my plan was to spend like three, four days in New York and three or four days in Boston, and I'd get a lot of work. Sure. So. It was literally like, you know those film noir movies where like Philip Marlowe, like Humphrey Bogart goes to look for the bad guy and it's this disgusting house? Yeah. That's what this was. It was eight rooms owned by this old German couple. I had a 10 by 12 room with a hot pot on the floor and a bed. 
and I shared a bathroom and a kitchen with other people in the house. And the other people in the house were two ex-cons, two recovering addicts, and a 300-pound phone sex operator who sold Herbalife diet products <laughs> door to door. I swear to God. I swear to God. And, 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 um, it sounds like a sitcom. I think. Exactly. And I'm living below her. <laughs> and I can hear all of her calls. Oh my! Now God. this is this is like radio, right? right? This is all theater of the mind, right? So they so the the way it works is you call a number and you say I want someone to say this this and this to me, and they, you give them your credit card or whatever, and then they give the, your number to the woman or the guy, and then they call you. So I would hear these calls, and I'd hear her go, <laughs> and she was very nice. And I'm not making fun of people with weight issues. It just it is what it is, you know. And so she goes, ah. Uh, uh, my name is Cindy, and that was true, and I have strawberry blonde hair, and that was true, and I have blue eyes, and that was true. She goes, I weigh 105 pounds. Eh, thank you. <laughs> Your arm weighs 105 pounds. <laughs> and so I would have to go outside and walk around the neighborhood while she would do her calls because I couldn't – because then I'd hear stuff that I cannot say on the air. Right. <laughs> all I could, all the only part I can mimic is this. Oh, oh, that's it. The rest of it was like, even for me, was oh, uh, like throwing up in my mouth in my room. And then I started to live the life of a comic. That's amazing, man. And then that's... I would go up to Boston and do sets. And you know, you start out, you do twenty bucks here and fifty sure. bucks here. Yeah. You do bar rooms and people throwing stuff. I had somebody throw a glass at me. Oh my god! Go, nice to be here. <laughs> glass. Guy warned me. They may throw stuff at you. It was like in Blues Brothers with the chicken, with the, wire. Yeah, the chicken, chicken wire up in front of the stage. Like yeah. the chicken wire. If they liked you, they threw stuff at you. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not, I don't bomb because I don't want to get shot in the head. That's amazing, yeah. man. That's a great story. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Real real quick, before we wrap this yeah. up, I know you you said you're you're originally from Boston, right? Yeah, and yeah. Big sports fan, are you, yeah. are you not? Okay. Yeah. And I feel like... I feel like Boston sports fans are are really really spoiled at this point. Oh, like, totally. But but don't start with me because I lived through <laughs> the crap years, Steve Grogan and all that nonsense. Don't even I'll punch you. I'll, I'll come across no, right now. No, no, no. Lenny, a- uh, Lenny Bias dies on me. He was supposed to be the transition <laughs> from Larry Bird. By the way, the only real white guy in the NBA, Larry Bird. Larry Bird told me that if you were dedicated and focused and wanted it, uh-huh. you, as a white man, could be in the NBA. And if there were a shortage of black players, you could be in the NBA. I like I like what our Patriots did in the draft. Do you? Yeah. What, I, I what do you of, like about it? Well, because Belichick is good. I mean, he he's a genius. And he knows how to take somebody, turn them into what he needs them to be. He's a little weird, though. I mean, he's, oh, I he's, feel yeah. like he frowns during orgasm. I really do. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that word. Yeah, you can. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But he's also like cult-like because like like anything he does, they follow. They buy in like, 100%. He, like he could say to me, I need you uh, I need you to kill your whole family. I'd be like, all right, there's probably a strategy here. I'll go for it. I want to miss Gronk, though. I want to miss- you, you think he's staying retired? Uh, yeah, okay. I think so. I think because he's- He's like a performer, and he's got a whole other life now. And sure, career like he's great at the commercials. Yeah, he he was like a piece of IKEA furniture though. <laughs> like you put it together, it looks good, and you look sturdy. The minute you use it, it breaks. <laughs> like he was such a pussy. He was always getting injured. <laughs> uh, he went to see a UFC fight. I saw him at that. Yeah, yeah. in the audience, he uh-huh. tore his shoulder just watching. The- <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> no, but I do. I feel like I feel like Boston sports fan yeah, now. You completely. you touched on it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like it's a big f you, like a big middle finger to the rest of the sports world. Like yeah. we suffered long enough. Now yeah. now it's our turn. Screw the rest of you. Yeah, my father died not seeing the Red Sox win. Uh, oh the championship, man, that's you know? too bad. And uh, my grandfather, same thing. Uh, and but like, you're right, the Celtics. Although I hate Kyrie, Kyrie's got to go. I bought his shirt. I'm going to burn his shirt. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy the Kyrie number shirt. Not the jersey. He's got like his line of clothes and he has a cool black T-shirt with his logo. Yeah, because he's a he's a he's all he's, he can't lead. He's a hump. He can't lead. They were better off without him last year. I went up. I tried to bat. I tried to do a Kerrigan on him and that and bat break his knee, so he'd sit out the playoffs. Who like who like apologizes to LeBron for being a bad follower? He's trying to be like LeBron. He doesn't know how to lead. He's blaming the young guys. He's bad in the locker room. He's bad tension. Go, go, go to the Knicks. Go to the suckiest team on the face of the earth in that idiot Dolan. You deserve each other. Thanks for getting me started. No problem. Yo, he didn't decide he didn't want to play the last game. I'm going to go two for 900. Oh, wait, let me dribble the ball into four giant men when four other guys are standing there texting, waiting for the friggin' ball. Yeah, it's great being a Boston fan. Sounds like it. Yeah, the Bruins need to take a nap. Apparently, they're all tired. (laughs) Ah, don't hit me. I'm not going to go in the corner. Eh, 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 I'm cold. <laughs> uh, that's Paul Mercurio. Catch him this weekend at the House of Comedy in the Mall of America. Check out the Paul Mercurio show, his podcast, and uh, check out his website, Paul Mercurio, M E C U R I O dot com. And again, House of Comedy this weekend. Yeah, tonight, Paul- tomorrow, and uh, Saturday. And by the way, the podcast for a lot of sports listeners got a lot of cool people on Bob Costas, Sugar Ray. Oh, Leonard, that's awesome. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, uh, Clint Malarchuk, the guy who slashed his, got his neck Yeah, slashed. we were just talking about him the other day. Oh, yeah. you've got to listen to it. Amazing. It's the, he gets his neck slashed with the skate. He's bleeding all over the ice. Yeah. He deals with it. He becomes an alcoholic. Tries to kill himself. Really? And the bullet lodges in his head and it doesn't kill him. What? Yeah. And he writes a book about it and he's walking around with a bullet in his head. What? Yeah. I'm telling you, listen to it. It's great. He's got a book out, too. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He can't die. No, I know. Like, not a skate to the throat, not alcoholism, not a bullet to the head. Like, Boy, you really suck at trying to die. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel good about yourself when you can't die? Uh, Go catch Paul this weekend at the House of Comedy in the Mall of America. I'm going to talk about Robert Kraft. Oh, you know, you know what? Go no, ahead. No, no, no. no we're recording time. this. We can go as long as we no, want. No, no, because I don't want you to cut it out and not use it. I'll <laughs> right. do it the next time. Sorry. I hit All right, no problem. All right. Go catch up this weekend at House of Comedy, houseofcomedy.com for tickets at the Mall of America and paulmercurio.com to find out much, much more about Paul. Thank you so Thanks, much, man. man. Really appreciate it. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.